I'm Nevada Basketball's Jordan Caroline, and you listen to Pack Center. What's up, Wolfpack? Thanks for tuning in to Pack Center. I'm your host, Jordan Burns, here with my co-star in comprehensive statistical commentating, Garrett Hirschberg, and our special guest, John Macaluso <laughs> from Sportscast Weekly. John, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's been This has been something we've been wanting to do for a while now, having you on with Pack Center. Uh, and we had Garrett on your show this week. Uh, for Sportscast Weekly, you guys uh, talked about the Dodgers or something like that, right? Well, yeah, we t- we did something about talking about sports. Uh, yeah, we talked some football, some baseball, a little bit of hockey, hockey, yeah, stuff like that. So, Garrett, uh, when do you know anything about hockey? Uh, ever since the Kings have two cups and the Sharks have none. Ooh, ooh, okay. Well, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the end of our show. John, you want a new job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that sounds great. <laughs> Garrett, you're fired. <laughs> I, I still get my press pass. No, I'm the one that, that, makes, <laughs> that makes those calls, my friend. Canceled. Canceled. <laughs> okay, Wrong. Anyway, John, we're having you on the show because you went to the game. You know, your your show. You guys, you talk more about like professional sports. And you have a, a good Reno focus on the. Um, you don't call. What do you call them again? Minor leagues. Minor leagues is safe, I'd say. Yeah. I, I know we had a bit of an issue before the show. <laughs> you and Garrett <laughs> got kind of heated between the. Uh, what the official call is, I think you get a little you, you get a little sensitive with around that run, right? I'd say so, yeah, fairly, fairly. All right, well, you did go to the Nevada game, which was awesome. Uh, we finally got a win. Hey, hey oh, yes, go so, back. One in five. Good job. <laughs> All right, so we beat Hawaii at home, thirty-five to twenty-one. Uh, the team is now, as I said, one in five, and I think one of the big things that killed Nevada, I mean, that killed Hawaii. This week was penalties. Um, they gave up over a hundred yards and just penalties alone, and we got beat up on the ground pretty bad by St. Jude, which was expected. He was our player to watch. If you follow us on Twitter, oh yeah, follow us on Twitter at Pack Center NV and like give us a like on Facebook. Uh, just search Pack Center. Um, yeah, he had 241 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he killed us. Like, and just think, he would have had more yards if it wasn't for those penalties. Hawaii had an 80-yard touchdown run at the end of the f- first half that was revoked because of a holding penalty. We, me and you, we were talking about this in the press box. We wouldn't, we didn't know when the first half was going to end because of all of these penalties. God, this was a really long game. Yeah, we, it was. It was well close to four hours long. We, we were, were at the there. stadium for over five hours. Yeah, we got there like six o'clock. Yeah, and we didn't leave till like 11:30. Oh man. It yeah, was- that sounds about right. It's that was crazy. Now, I feel bad for you, man, sitting out there in the cold. We were, we were in the nice cushy press box. We had nice comfy chairs. It was <laughs> free closed dr- in. And free it, drinks. <laughs> it was all right. I mean, a lot of there were a lot of fans at first because, you know, I'm sitting at the student section over in the north side of the field. And there were a lot of people to start out with, but they kind of filtered out near the end. I know there was that fear that Nevada was going to choke it up, uh, but they didn't. Oh, so, there's always that fear. There, we, always, yeah. We always have that fear. In any sport, not just Nevada football. I think <laughs> I think at any point in Nevada, we can even watch for basketball. There could be like a fourth quarter that just turns around. 
We haven't had that in a while, though. Basketball's been on point. Last year, we had the opposite, actually. We were losing by the whole lot, and then we turned mm-hmm. back and won. So. Yeah, basketball's our one thing. We're like, oh, we don't have to worry about Yeah, so, or worry less. So at the, end of, <laughs> at the end of the game, how many people were, were in the student section? I mean, not much. You know, you had that little, that small cheer of people, you know, when we won, and then they sluggishly trickle out, you know. Um, I like to avoid the crowd, so I just stayed late and wait. But, I mean, you know, we had – it was getting really chilly, so we had a pretty good home field on Saturday. So Something Hawaii is not used to, the cold. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, maybe that's what got to them in this <laughs> yeah. game. You know, they weren't used to having a breeze. Yeah. <laughs> <a> cold breeze. <laughs> and they took their frustrations out on uh, holding and – Yeah, that targeting call. <laughs> yeah, targeting. Oh, I feel bad. I, I don't feel bad for the guy that got ejected, but I just feel bad for him because he had to sit out the entire second half of the of that long game. I know he was sitting. Like, in what two, was he doing? He was sitting in the locker room for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, just just a quick question on that: Is that a typical rule in college? If you, you have to, go, you have yeah, you're ejected, and I think you go to the locker room. I don't know if you can come back on the sideline. Yeah, I'm not sure either, but I know you're not uh, back in the field for. It can be up to a whole game and a half. So the, oh, way, okay. the way it is is if it's if it the the NCAA will go back and review it, and if it's severe enough, you'll be suspended for the n- first half of the next game. Interesting. Yeah, that okay. happened. Did, did that? No, happen that didn't. Ha- Rufus was not suspended because it was an incidental. Yeah. Like he was just ejected for the rest of the game. Yeah, a lot of the time that's what happens. It's incidental, and it's, but they don't, players don't mean to, but they have to put that rule in so people you have are to, more cautious about yeah. it. You have to call it so that you have to play on the safe side, and if it does happen and they don't call it, you're going to get in way more trouble. Yeah, it's understandable. I was just – it's something I noticed, especially it just happened in the majors with Trevithin, So Trevithin, It's one yeah. of those things. It's just like the rules with all the concussions and stuff now. they got to be really hard on it. But I want to move on from that uh, and talk about uh, two amazing players on offense this week, Ganji and uh, Kelton Moore. Ganji had a great game. I think that this was one of his best games uh, we've ever seen him play. You know, he, he definitely um, – he was almost there at Mr. 300. He was almost Mr. 300 again, and I can't wait to start calling him that. At 278 yards, he went 25 of 32 and had four touchdowns and only one interception, which is good for Ganji. You know, he, he's got to throw at least one a game. Let's, yeah. let's, let's not forget, Ganji also ran a touchdown in. He had six rushes for 35 yards and that rushing touchdown. Yeah, you know, I really liked what, what Norvell said about him in the press conference. Let's play that real quick can't say enough about Ty Gange's performance and and his resiliency. Um, you know, he's been in some very tough situations since we've been here. You know, he's he went from a starter to being a backup in the end of spring and then fighting all summer to be able to play, uh, winning the job. And then he's been through a lot. And, and the kid has shown a lot of class and a lot of character through the whole thing. All the things that we're asking our team to exemplify—he he has done that. He's shown all those great qualities. All right, and then the other guy that that played really well is uh, Kelton Moore. He's the backup running back, and after Jackson Kincaid went out in the first quarter, he stepped up. His first play of the of the game, he went for 66 yards. He almost went to the house. I think he just ran out of energy. Yeah, I don't think he was expecting to break away like that. <laughs> to be honest. But, yeah, he went 19 carries of 216 yards uh, and five receptions for 46 yards and a touchdown. Uh, what, what's interesting is this Nevada rushing rushing attack. We've seen them use four or five running backs from Kincaid, uh, Kelton Moore, Malik Brody, Blake Wright, 
they've used them all. So it, it was nice to see they stick with one running back for most of the game. They did. And he had so much success. They did bounce around a little bit. Blake Wright did get a couple carries. But uh, the the weight of the team pretty much went on uh, on Kelton Moore for this one. And that was extremely surprising, especially because we're not a running team. You know, we haven't seen them run this much all season. And they're doing it well, so why stop it, right? And I think that I really like that about this team now. Is we're Instead of being air raid offense like we've been in the, the first half of the season, and then last year we were run heavy, and the years before that we've always been really run heavy, we're really balanced right now, at least for this game. And I hope they continue with that because I think a balanced offense gives you a lot more versatility. I think we saw dri- we saw drives that were definitely air air raid heavy offense, especially when uh, uh, Crumble or Crumbie uh, fair caught that punt at the one yard line. We saw a lot of passing attack, a lot of passes. We saw deep passes to uh, Wyatt Demps, a couple of them, and it was really it was really uplifting to see. From a fan's perspective, ex- expecting the air raid offense. You know, and I want to go talk about Dems real quick. But before we do that, I want to play another quote from Norvell on uh, Kelton Moore. I thought Kelton Moore stepped up and, and had a huge performance. And we've been wanting to run the ball more effectively to help our defense stay off the field. And, and Kelton was fabulous. So, yeah, Kelton Moore had a great game. Um, Garrett, you did mention Demps right before we, we played that quote from him. Uh, I think Demps has been playing spectacular for Nevada. Uh, between him and McLean Mannix, uh, Ganji's got so many options. You know, he's got they've got Demps, McLean, they've got uh, O'Leary, O'Leary Orange, our bar OJ, OJ, and then Armstrong too. Man, he had so many weapons this game. And there's no wonder that he played really well. Don't forget, he also they also threw the ball to uh, Kelton Moore. Yeah, Kelton Moore did really well receiving. Uh, you know, I really like that. Like when we when we went into this whole air raid offense, I was expecting when we still had JB, I was expecting uh, us to see a lot more screen passes by him because because JB did pretty well receiving last year as well. You know, they would throw short to him on a screen pass or something like that, and those were really successful. And I think that those are going to be more successful now. And I think that Kelton Moore gives a little bit more versatility too. He's fat, he's quick, you know, he's, and he's tough too. You mentioned we mentioned Demps. Uh, he had seven receptions for 111 yards, two touchdowns. The longest reception was 32 yards. But interesting to note after this game about Demps, he is now th- tied for 39th in the nation in receiving yards and is tied for eighth in receiving touchdowns. So it's great to see an air raid offense receiver having big statistics, especially from the Mountain West. Like, these are national statistics too. So you know he's making a splash. Uh, he's in the top ten for touchdowns, and that's and that's a big number. We were talking earlier about like the sheer size of the NCAA and how many like people get get put into these statistic brackets. You know, there's thousands of of receivers going into this, into this. And the fact that he's number eight in receiving touchdowns is spectacular, especially because we're at a one in five team. You know, you'd expect that those types of numbers from a big school with a lot of wins like Alabama or something like that. I'm sure Alabama's. They've got players in the top ten. Yeah, it it also depends on the style of play. Like you're looking at Alabama, they're not going to have players in the top ten. They don't throw the ball a lot. They're, they're a very run heavy team. While you look at a team like Washington State, we single handedly watch them kill us with with that air raid style offense with Luke Falk and Mike Leach, and they have a, some of the top five top top ten receivers. But one player to mention from Hawaii was John Usawa or. 
man. He, he, these he, names are so hard to pronounce. Yeah, these hands, these, yeah. Uh, he's number three in receiving yards, and he we saw him single-handedly kill Nevada. Like he was the only person Drew Brown targeted for most of the game. He had an early on a touchdown, and it just shows you that once a quarterback finds its favorite target, they're gonna go to him. But I, I also think it's fair to point out in this situation how awful Nevada's zone defense was. I mean, it it blew my mind. Uh, man, we we let a couple passes go, but zone we let every pass go. Yeah, that's something that we've been talking about on our show the last couple of weeks is the fact that our defense hasn't been really good. We started off not being good at run defense, and then it got to pass defense, and then got back to run defense. Like there'll be weeks where we'll we'll, we'll flop between like our run defense was really poor, our pass defense is really poor, and the inconsistency is kind of confusing. Uh, and I think and I like that you mentioned like zone defense. We haven't really talked about what specific uh, like formations or plays are are struggling, and that and that's a good point. The zone defense has been struggling, but our man coverage is good. Yeah, you're right. And especially you look at one thing about our defense is we we have a tr- we have trouble tackling. I'm sure yeah. that's something you mm-hmm. noticed. Like yep. like so many like w- like one arm tackles that like St. Jude just broke through. Like and it, it's frustrating to watch because there's nothing you can do. Like. This is like something that should be fundamental for football players, especially at a D1 level. Yeah, we're not we're not really good at that that one-on-one tackling. We're good at gang tackling. We can get a a group of us up there. We can swarm the ball really well. It's the the man up, you know, you get, you don't see really you don't see Gabe Sewell getting up there and and smacking some guy a lot. You know, he he does that more than other players, but you know, you you see Asani Rufus do it quite a bit. You know, then he gets called for targeting. <laughs> I'm still really salty about that play. I don't think that. Uh, Calm down. Calm down. I don't down. think that he should have been ejected. I'm just saying. That was the, what was that? The Toledo game? Yeah. <laughs> that was the second that game. That was it, the second game. That was four second. games ago. Man, I'm still mad about it, though. You should write a formal complaint to the NCAA. What are they going to do to give us back the win? Yeah. We'll be <laughs> two rematch? And, yeah, we'll be two and four. They're going to fly Toledo out They're here probably going to uneject him. <laughs> That's probably what's going to happen. Uneject. Yeah, we're gonna we'll let you guys put him back in the Toledo game. It's already over, but we'll go ahead and let you guys do that. <laughs> we'll put him back on the roster for that game. He just didn't, he just didn't play. <laughs> no, but there's nothing again. There's nothing you can do about it, right? Like, yeah, it, it's one of those things. And we, as we talked earlier, it's it's about safety, and, and I get that. On our defense, we had a couple of big guys uh, make some plays. Uh, Austin Paulus played really well. Um, I tried talking to him after practice today, and. Uh, you know, I got him right after conditioning. It was huffing and puffing a little bit, so he it wasn't the greatest interview. But he he mentioned that you know he's just out here to win, man. Like they're out here. I hope so. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I asked him, I was like, "What what did you say to your team to like spark them to this?" I'm like, uh, "He was like, uh, we gotta get a win." I was like, <laughs> "Okay, <laughs> thanks a lot for that one. Uh, have a nice day." <laughs> you know. <laughs> But, you know, he, he led the team with tackles, uh, 10 tackles, one sack, and three of those tackles were for loss. So a big game for him. He was a one-man wrecking machine, I called him. And yeah. then Malik Reed played really well, too. Yeah, you're right. It's nice to see when these veterans on these defense, Paulus, Reed, do well because it sort of lights a flame under the rest of the defense. Mm-hmm. Seeing, like, the, their defensive captains uh, getting after the quarterback, it's, it's something – Something good to see because we haven't really seen a pass rush out of Nevada all year. Mm-hmm. So hopefully in the coming games, knock on wood, our pass rush is up to the level that it was in the Hawaii game. 
Yeah, we did a really good job getting behind the line of scrimmage with these uh, with our front seven. You know, we had a lot of good uh, good tackles for loss, good sacks on the plays. Um, I think that's really what caused uh, Hawaii to lose too, is they kept getting like not only the penalties put in uh, put them in bad situation, but we were getting really good tackles for loss, eight plus yards on certain sacks, and it's and those are and you can't come really come back from that unless you have a really good. Uh, pass team, you know, and they weren't doing that this game. They didn't have a good pass offense. Yeah, and it's nice to say credit. We can credit Nevada's defense all around, but they, for the first half, did not play well. No. They did not play well. St. Jude was um, was a beast. And I saw this, I was scrolling through my Twitter feed during the game. I saw this one, someone retweeted it, and it was like, Nevada's d- defense is severely bipolar. Oh, exactly. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah. It's like, it's like one day they're good, one day they're not. Like it's... literally looking at the different, like there were multiple plays where they tackled St. Jude in the backfield, but then there's other plays where he's breaking out 80 yards runs. I'm like, great. Is this going to be one of these games where their running back just takes over and we have no chance? And I thought I thought that was going to happen looking at the first quarter where St. Jude almost had 100 yards. I thought that going into the game because looking at St. Jude's stats and everything that he's done in the past for Hawaii – He's a beast. You know, 241 yards is, isn't is too shabby for a running back, and St. Jude is their offense. Uh, and I was expe- uh, I'm I'm surprised that we were able to keep him down to 241 yards, and I'm glad that our defense stepped up. There was a couple of good plays in the second quarter, or that's the second quarter, in the second half, that we were, that we had some good stops on the goal line. Or not on the goal line, but in the red zone, you know. And those were surprising to me. And I, and I was generally happy and surprised to see that our defense was stepping up in the in uh, the dire need. They've been actually really good in the red zone this season. That's one thing that uh, has been keeping us afloat, too. Another player to mention is Crumbie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had that five tackles and that interception, which ultimately secured the victory for Nevada. I think that was a huge play, and it was a big momentum. It was a big uh, confidence booster for not only the players, but the fans. Like, okay, we can, we can breathe a sigh of relief. We... We know that this team is in field goal range, so we're going to get some points on this drive, if not a touchdown. And it's just – it's all secured with that touchdown to Dems at the end. Yeah, Voshan has actually been stepping it up this season. Do you hear his name quite a bit now uh, from the press box and uh, during games? So I think that he's going to he's gonna continue to be good. Uh, as you said, five tackles, one interception. He's, he's one of our star DBs. Uh, one thing I did want to mention about Voshan that I'm a little upset about – is his uh, his really really bad <laughs> bad uh, like field awareness on that oh, yeah. uh, punt return? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> where he, where he first catches it on the one yard line. <laughs> what, what, his, what's his, his Madden bad. awareness rating? What's his uh, madness? Oh, yeah, his NCAA fourteen. <laughs> fourteen. Dang, that's, like that's, a, that's a bit too high. Game. <laughs> oh no, I'm asking what his awareness rating is. I'm gonna oh, say a man. zero, one. No, nah, it's at least a fifty. Like he he made an interception, <laughs> so he got he's got to know something. <laughs> he's got to be aware. Yeah, that he's that's on, fair. He's got to yeah. be aware that he's on the field. I feel like a, <laughs> anything more than a fifty, you're probably like thinking that you're at home still. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so he did take that that fair catch at the one yard line, and uh, but you know our offense took advantage of it. You know they didn't they didn't get a, a safety or anything. I was really afraid that we were going to get stuffed in the backfield, but we got we went down the field and uh, just the. The, was that the the bobbled snap PAT was, or the uh, blocked PAT? That was that was the bobbled snap one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Because yeah. the uh, the 
blocked one was going the other way, the way that was in the first quarter. Yeah, so we did not do well on on uh, field goals this game. We went 0 of 2, which is like unheard of for Spencer Pettit. He usually does really well, but it wasn't it wasn't actually his fault. It was a, it was a bobbled snap and then a blocked kick. So it wasn't like him missing it. He never even got a chance to kick it. <laughs> yeah, that one where the bobbled snap, the the punter or the holder just man, had an awful attempt at a throw. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, like the he shovel. Yeah, yeah. He like was, he was falling down, so he just <laughs> shoveled it. Man, I wish he was able to make a play like the uh, the punter for the was it the the Bears this weekend? Oh, oh this, yeah, this Monday. Mm. Did you guys watch that game? Yeah, on Monday? I saw yeah, that. Yeah. I saw that highlight. Oh man, that was a good game. That was a really good Monday night game. But enough about NFL. <laughs> That's your show. We uh, got you. We got you. So yeah, Garrett and John, of course. I want to talk about uh, our preview for Colorado State. Oh boy. Yeah, oh boys, oh, right? Oh, yeah, oh boy. <laughs> Man, some would say this win might even be impossible, but we're still gonna try our best for this one. You know, Colorado State is favored by twenty four and a half points. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> yeah, CSU has a top offense in the Mountain West, averaging five hundred and seven yards per game. That's a lot of yards. That is a lot of yeah. yards. And Nevada has one of the worst defenses, giving up four hundred seventy six yards per game. This yeah. is going to be a tough one. Yeah, it will be. Like, man, I mean, Colorado State's the knife, and Nevada defense is the butter. <laughs> I, so like, they go well together. Yeah, yeah, right? You can see it right right in the numbers, you know? <laughs> it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough going for Nevada next week. Yeah, Colorado State, uh, to mention they're 4-2. Two, they're 2-0 two in conference. Their two conference wins have come over Hawaii and Utah State. Hmm. Some of the teams they played, like their two losses came to Colorado, Boulder, and Alabama. Oh it's, really? They yeah. lost to Alabama. Who would have who would have guessed? Yeah. It's understanding. Like these two losses. <laughs> these two losses whoa, are understandable. Wait, whoa, whoa, really? <laughs> we want Bama in basketball. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Would we want do we really want Alabama in anything? Basketball, we would beat them. I mean I, I'm I not want, I, want, I want him in rifle. <laughs> I just want Bama to come so like they can give us money. Yeah. <laughs> we want gonna, him. They're gonna pay the big bucks to play us. Yeah, we, <laughs> fair enough. We want enough. Bama and rifle. And uh, we'll get to rifle a little bit later. <laughs> Rifle's really, really good right now, but I don't understand a, a, anything about it. <laughs> no. So uh, another quick tidbit to add is Nevada's never won in Fort Collins, which is kind of a scary fact. Great. So so we got a chance. And statistically, statistically, we're, we're, we're sitting good. At least our predictions are good this year. <laughs> there's there's a couple players to watch for. Uh, quarterback Nick Stevens, he's thrown for 1,800 yards so far, uh, 14 touchdowns and six picks. And wide receiver Michael Gallup, who has 46 receptions for 685 yards and two touchdowns. Gallup is also second in the nation in receiving yards. So, yeah, this should be a fun game for this Nevada secondary. So, uh, number two in the nation is on Colorado, and we got number eight in the nation In receiving touchdowns, yeah. Two different oh, stats. Oh, yards. Two oh, different we got, stats, yeah. we got uh, touchdowns for Demps. Mm-hmm. My bad. It is. It is my bad. It's always my bad. But Yeah, no, this should be a very, very tough game for Nevada. Like, I don't want to give a prediction it's going to be that bad. I don't want to. Well, how about do you think it's going to be within the spread? Oh, no. No, no. Colorado State's <laughs> going to win, be, win by, like, 30. Yeah. I mean, if we could play this entire game without playing zone, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe, and, and maybe not have anyone in the game but more, 
And he has to play like he did this week. And even then, we'd probably still lose by by 30 points. I, I got to agree with you on that, Garrett. I don't know. Going to practice this week, they looked good. Ganji and Moore are on fire. I, I saw Ganji make some really dime passes. None of his passes seemed off. They were right on target. So our he, offense is looking sharp. He, it's the defense that I'm worried about. He didn't have a slow release like last week? <laughs> In their 50% <laughs> speed? No, no, he looked good, man. They looked they, The offense looked really good today. Um and yeah, I was talking to Nick Beaton about it before. And shout it's, out to our boy Nick. Shout out to Nick Beaton from Nevada Athletics. You the man. But anyway, like we were talking, the, Ganji's looking good and Moore's looking good. You know, I talked to Moore. He's he's pumped, man. He he had a really good game. He this was his, his first big breakout game. He hasn't been playing a lot since he got to Nevada. He's been red shirting and then sitting behind Kincaid, and I think he's ready. And and, and uh, Kincaid's questionable for this game, so we might be seeing more out there. Like you see more out there. Ah, <laughs> nice. Well done. You need to enter the crickets. <laughs> sound effects. I like that one better, Garrett. Mm. I do too, actually. It works either way. <laughs> it works either way. Um, special topic, though. Garrett, you threw this one in here uh, right before the show. In the last 48 hours, uh, our guest, because this is a recording on a Tuesday, and this will be playing on a Thursday, Earlier this week, <laughs> uh, we had a gambit of new recruits uh, signed to Nevada uh, within a 48-hour period. Uh, verbal commits from a bunch of different high school stars. Garrett, I'm going to throw this one over to you because this was your baby here. Uh, tell us, what are we going to be expecting for next year in terms of recruits if these uh, recruits decide to stay? All right, so the four players we've got, from this last week, it was Delano Ware, a corner from El Cerrito, California. Um, he had other offers from Air Force and UC Davis. He wasn't ranked. Uh, we also have a, an athlete, but that team, that term is that term is very loose. Uh, Chris Sean Lippin, he's from Las Vegas, went to Liberty High School. He had offers from Miami, UTEP, uh, Northern Arizona. Then we got wait, 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 a. Before you go on, so you, he's just listed as an athlete. So what I read, what I read, I was doing a little bit of. Uh, scouting or pre homework and he's listed as like a defensive tackle slash like I don't I don't know fullback defensive tackle fullback so I don't know how that's an athlete oh so an he, athlete, he plays, an he plays ath- both sides of the ball an athlete can... means that he has no like one position coming into college like okay. he can play say he can play wide receiver safety corner linebacker he can play anything hmm. Interesting. I kind of like that. Like, yeah. A, a versatile play, and you can kind of throw him uh-huh. in. Coach can, yeah, exactly. Coach can put him where he needs yeah, him. Exactly. All right. Um, moving on to the Stars recruit. You got a uh, two-star recruit, Devontae Leaf out of Oklahoma City. He was ranked the 152nd best running back in the country. We made fun of him, Jordan and I, because he got a <laughs> 19 on his AC- ACT, and he's proud of it. Yeah, he throws it on his Twitter account. 19 on the ACT. I'm like, isn't that out to like 26? It's out of, it's out of 36. <laughs> 36. Ooh. So it's just over 50%. <laughs> Man. And last but not least, we got um, a three-star recruit, Imani John, Imani Imani Johnson, out of Hercules, California. Hercules, 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 California. Um, he had offers from Wyoming, San Jose State, and Utah State, and he's ranked the 179th best corner in the country. Cool. So, yeah, a I corner mean, is what we what we need now. Exactly. Let's get them can, on right can now. They, can <laughs> they play? Can they play zone? Yeah. That's can the they play That's zone? Exactly. It's a simple yes or no question that they have to fill out. Can you play zone? Yes? Okay, we want you. 
You know, I want because now that you mentioned recruiting, I want to talk a little bit something about like NFL recruiting, if that's okay. Because I was sitting next to an NFL recruit uh, in the press box from the Jaguars, and uh, a scout, you mean? A scout, sorry, recruit. Well, we knew what he meant. We, you know what I meant? <laughs> a scout, right? So he was, he was uh, watching this game. We asked him, so like, why do you come to the game? Like, why can't you just watch stuff on tape, right? And he was like, you can't really see the quarterbacks in the corners on tape because they focus on the ball a lot of the time, right? So he and a lot of you the mean time the wide receivers, the corners. No, 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 no. He means on the ball, like oh, okay. where the ball yeah. is, you know. So a lot of the time you don't actually see the quarterback in the corners, and like for the majority of the play. So that's why he was watching. He was watching different footworks and things like that. And I thought that was really interesting. I just wanted to throw that in there when we talk about scouting and things like that, because I'm sure that goes into recruiting back at the high school level. You know, you have to watch the whole play instead of just that one little spot that you see in tape. Anyway, I want to uh, move on. And, John, this comes to, like, the biggest part of why we brought you in here today. Oh, <laughs> okay. We, we decided to have a big debate with you over who has the better fans, Nevada or the rest of Reno sports. Hmm. And I think, I think Nevada does. I think Nevada basketball in particular has, like, the best following in Reno you We're talking currently, not like throughout history. Yes, currently. currently yeah, yeah, okay. Um, because nothing will top 2010 Nevada football. Okay, yeah, and that's why I asked. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the problem with this, I, I've actually put a lot of thought into it since you guys gave me the topic last week, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there a lot of them are the same fans, and not only that, a big thing to consider is. Mackey Stadium and definitely Lawler both hold a lot more people than Greater Nevada Field. And before this, I actually did a little bit of research as to, you know, what the biggest audience has ever been at Greater Nevada Field compared to Mackey, compared to Lawler. And it's substantially more. Isn't it like 10,000? No. Well, at, so, great, at Greater Nevada. Yeah. But at like Mackey Stadium, it's at like 30,000. And then, you know, Lawler's gotten pretty crazy, too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty crazy. And I think that since the 19 – excuse me. The 1868 FC is, you know, pretty much brand new. And while they are doing well, and that's great, and it definitely drives people in, they still don't have the fan base that any Nevada sport – most Nevada sports have, right? And the Aces, I think, have a pretty rabid fan base as well. They've actually won a championship before – and they've been around since '09, and they've had they've had a lot of people come in, but nothing like Nevada football or Nevada basketball. As as someone who's worked for the Aces, like I was there on a day to day basis, the only time they would really get cons- like big number fans, giveaways, and like promotion nights. Like you look at the Aces' history, their biggest nights are July Fourth. Yep, the July Fourth and yeah. opening day. Those are the two biggest. Star Wars Day. Star Wars Day was pretty big, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've been I've been July fourth and Star Wars Day. Nice. Star Wars Day is one of the days to go, definitely. Yeah, no, and so like you, but you look at like a Nevada basketball game, like it's consistent. Yeah, it's consistent, especially last year that we were getting in nineteen thousand people against an Oregon State team that was trash. So I think that one thing one thing Nevada Nevada has is their students. Students get rabid. They get yeah. loud. They they're like the lifeblood of the of the fans like, mm-hmm. and it would be cool to see some way that if the other sports in Reno were to incorporate that, 
seeing that Greater Nevada Field is not very far from school. Yeah. Well, I think I, the 1868 FC had a season pass for students this last year. I purchased one. It's been great. General admission, kind of a bummer, but... You know, it's still, like, I just walk around and stand at the bar and stuff like that, and it's pretty cool. Uh, but the Aces definitely doesn't have anything like that. I do want to note, though, that the FC does have the Battleborn Brigade, That's which true. is similar, and in my opinion, a lot more rowdy than the student fan base, well, definitely. We, we can't bring drums into Waller. Yeah, it, or, can't or do smoke that. bombs or anything like that. It gets it gets pretty intense. The, the Battle Brigade's the real deal, so... Yeah, I haven't actually been to uh, an FC game yet, and I want to talk to you, like, the Battle Brigade. What is that like? Uh, Well, I kind of misspoke. It's the Battleborn Brigade. Battleborn Brigade, Yeah, that okay. was, that's my bad. But they're they're all great guys, you know, and uh, obviously there's women in there too, uh, and everyone's rowdy. It's like an entire section dedicated to these guys right behind the FC's goal. So whenever the FC scores, that's right where they go, right to the Battleborn Brigade. And it's pretty cool. And, you know, you go and it's like a whole different culture in greater Nevada field. I went to a baseball game and then I went to an FC game like the day after. And it's a night and day. Obviously, it's a night and day difference. You know, the culture of baseball is just chill, relax, have a beer. It's like golf. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. And FC soccer is just crazy. It's energy, energy, energy and celebrate when we score and boo the other team when they mm-hmm. score. It's awesome. I'd recommend going. There's one more game left in the regular season. Now, seeing on Twitter, the Battleborn Brigade does a Battleborn Brigade does a march before. Mm-hmm. Where do they march from? To and from? I know they march to the stadium, but from where? Yeah, you know, I'm actually not sure where they start, um, but I'm I'm fairly sure. I I know I know that in the past they've closed down Virginia Street for it, so it, it's you know pretty substantial when they close down one of the biggest streets in Reno, Nevada to have the Battleborn Brigade go through. I want to say Wingfield Park, but don't quote me on that. I'm not really sure. That's something I haven't been a part of yet, but something I definitely need to do for sure. And that'd be a great story for your podcast to do something like that. You mentioned the last game. I'm going to that last game this on Saturday. What should I expect? Oh, you're going to a great game. You're going to a great game. So we're very big rivals with Sacramento. They actually call it the Donner Pass Derby. Love the name, by the way. Oh, that's a great uh, name. Yeah, right. The Donner Pass Derby. And so it this is the game before the playoffs. And I know, Garrett, I've told you before, I hate when my team goes into the playoffs off of a loss, mm-hmm. right? Does does anybody like going into the playoffs off of a loss? No, no I don't it ruins think so, your right? momentum. Exactly. And so I think the FC is going to come out all guns blazing. And they are the highest scoring soccer team in all of North America right now, including MLS and canada and you know name it north north america and they broke the scoring record for a whole season and you're gonna you're gonna see fireworks you see a lot of scoring from the blue i don't think you're gonna see very much from sacramento which is good which is what we want right (laughs) yeah so um with this being the 1868 first season like what were your expectations heading into that season my expectations were not high and when i first got into the fc I, I know we've talked about it before I did that interview when they were I want to say they were two four and six I think they That's had not a, very good no they had a bad record they had a really bad record and I went in and I interviewed Andy Smith the uh, general manager and then I interviewed Josh Putney as well and you know they had they were a lot more positive than I was about it and then I thought you know I, I should be a little bit more positive about this team now 
they've I mean they're I think number two in the West and they're 17 7 and 7 which is insane and they've broken that scoring record so my expectations were very low but very 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 far surpassed I think that's what we kind of messed up with for Nevada football this year. Is we had so much, we had such a high expectation going into it, and we've been kind of let down, you know, because we kind of forgot about what a building year looks like, you know, because we we were expecting, oh my God, this air raid offense, this new head coach, all this stuff, because no one, people were tired of Polian. Yeah, it was it was a bad time behind Polian, especially after uh, last season too. So we were expecting a huge uh, breakout year this year, and I think a lot of people got uh, disappointed. And I think that. Having the low expectations and being blown away is such a, is so much of a better feeling. And yeah, it looks like totally. Have you seen the fan base grow throughout the season because of it? Yeah, you know that was actually the main point of that story I did earlier in uh, in the year. I wanted to get the word out on the FC because I would be like, "Oh, are you excited about the the 1868 FC coming to Reno finally?" And they people would be like, "What?" And these are people who I've known for a long time and have lived in Reno for a long time, and I'm like. These people haven't heard of this awesome soccer. We're finally getting professional soccer in Reno. You know, it's pretty uh, pretty awesome. And so, yeah, that was the goal with that story that I did. And now it's it's just awesome. I feel like almost everybody knows about the, the 1868. And I think a big part of that is because they are they have already embedded this winning tradition into, into Reno. And I think that's helped a lot. Now – People are like, oh, yeah, playoffs. Yeah, that's the FC, you know. So that's pretty rad. I have seen it grow, and it's awesome. Well, I heard around the same time as you published that article that uh, it was supposed to be this really big thing for the Latino culture, uh, Latino community in Reno, and then I was going to bring everyone out and to celebrate. Have you seen that? Has it been a big cultural movement down there as well? Or Definitely. That's actually uh, – those are the, the people that I actually didn't have to explain the FC about, right? Uh, one of my friends, Juan Gonzalez, he's, he actually brought it up to me and I mean, I'd heard, heard of the, of them before, but it was really cool. He was the first one to come up to me and be like, Oh, so the FC, are they starting? When are they playing? You know, this and that. And then it kind of trickled down and it's, I mean, soccer is definitely a huge Latin American sport and everything. And it only makes sense that they'd have a huge Reno Hispanic following as well. And I mean, it's been great. You know, it's been really cool. Now everybody talks to me about the FC. So, yeah, they're the big guys <laughs> around here. They're yeah. really cool. I, and I do have to go catch a game with them. You know, and, and maybe I will try to go uh, with you guys this weekend to uh, to this game. I haven't didn't put any thought into it. This is the last regular season game. Yeah, this, this last is weekend. yep last one before playoffs. And then playoffs, are they gonna be playing any games here? They should be. I actually haven't looked at the schedule yet. Um, I can pull it up real quick. I'm right here. Have they released the playoff schedule? I don't think they would release the playoff schedule. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it actually currently looks like it's uh, to be announced. I guess because the 14th, yeah, the yeah. the game this weekend's the last one on the schedule. So, are we a shoe in for playoffs? Is that? Yeah, we actually clinched it weeks ago. <laughs> okay, that's what so, I, yeah, I we're thought. So yeah, especially with the scoring. So what what was the scoring record that we're talking about here? Uh, off the top of my head, I want to say it was 63. It was a huge number. Like it's not a small number. Yeah, because soccer they're not they're not high scoring games usually. Not if you're not if you're a team not named Reno. Yeah. <laughs> what what are our what's our average scoring like? What what does it look like? Is there four five points? Yeah. Like... So we just we just played the. I'm looking at me like that four game. It's goals. Oh, goals. oh, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
They just, I believe they just played the Swope Park Rangers and they beat them three to one. That's probably about the average FC game. A while back, they played the LA Galaxy 2 and beat them like seven or six to zero. Wow, because that's that's unbelievable. Like a three is like an average high. And then, like, a seven or something like that is, like, unheard of. Yeah, and they've done that numerous times. So it's not just a one and done, you know. They only do it once a season. They've done it a few times. It's pretty brutal. They're a good team. I don't know how much analysis you do of these teams, but what is make what is allowing our Reno team, especially coming out of their first year, what is their – how are they doing this? How are they, like, dominating the game so quickly? I The word I got to go with here is chemistry. And, and the reason I want to go with that word is because I feel like they'd had none earlier in this season. They went from being very last in the rankings to first, which is exceptional. And they did this within the time span of March to now, which is crazy. And I think the reason is because they're clicking together. You know, you have Dane Kelly, who is the USL leading uh, scorer. And he's really good. He actually plays for Jamaica now, the international team. So... Uh, you know, that's all I can say. I mean, I've never, I haven't really delved too deeply into it. But when you watch them, you see magic. You know, it, it's everything's clicking. The passes are great. The assists are great. Everything's on point. You know what? Because you went to a Nevada game, I'm gonna try my best to go out to an FC game. <laughs> yes, let's do it. I mean, it's a little <laughs> bit easier for you to go to a Nevada game because yeah. you go here, and, and it's also free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'll make it happen. I'll make it happen. Um, you know, John, before we uh. We close this one out with you. I want you to to tell anything to our fans about your show because I think our your fan your fans and our fans will get along really well. I think so. Yeah. So I am the host of a podcast called Sportscast Weekly. We cover local Reno professional sports, like the Reno eighteen sixty eight FC, our professional soccer team. I always want to say professional football. It's just habit. Uh, we also cover the Reno Aces and the Reno Bighorns. And we're coming up on Reno Big Horde season right now. In addition to that, we also cover the major league sports, professional sports. Uh, wow, throwing shade at me. <laughs> <laughs> the NFL, the MLB, the NHL. Every now and then I throw in some MLS, uh, though that's a little bit rare for now. But that's what we talk about. And your show, it's it's weekly, and it's got, what, is it an hour long? Yeah, it's weekly and lately, yeah, it's, it's been an hour long. So we'll probably keep that pace, I think. What, what day does your show come out? Usually comes out on Thursdays, but I try, to fit my, I try to fit guests in as well, so it changes every now and then. But Thursday's usually the day. All right, well, after you listen to, to Pack Center, take a look. Uh, if you have time, check out uh, Sportscast Weekly, our buddy John here. you got a Facebook page, right? Yeah, it's Sportscast Weekly. We got, we got to talk about getting you a Twitter page, man. Twitter's great. I have a Twitter for myself. Yeah, we will have to talk about that because Nico talked to me about that, and that's why I don't have one. You need, you need, <laughs> you need both. You need best. both. You need both. Yeah. You definitely need both. For sure. Well, anyway, John, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It'll be great to, to maybe do this again sometime. We'll do it back and forth. Definitely. Um, Thanks for having me. Of course. Anytime. All right, Garrett. Just me and you now. Uh, now bye, that, John. <laughs> bye, John. Bye, John. Yeah, that was a, that was great having oh, him on the show. He was, was cool. fa- he's a fantastic guest. Yeah, um, I was, think it I think was we'll, fun being on his show, and it was fun having him on our show. Yeah, I think he'll be on uh, again sometime soon. Oh, I think so. Uh, I think I'm going on his show this week. Really, two weeks in a row. I know. I feel special, man. You must have uh, 
made an impact. I'm waiting for my chance to get on a show. He asked me about it today when I want to be on there, and I just got to find the time to do that. Um, but anyway, I want to talk about something we haven't really talked about before. Um, I, we mentioned it a little bit last year here and there, but uh, this year I really wanted to make them a part of the show. So number we are now number eight in the nation for rifling. And I find that to be incredible. The biggest thing with rifle for me is the fact that I don't understand it. I have no idea how this, the point system works or even what the events look like. Really no idea. So We don't even know where the events take place. No, not at all. I mean, I, it said somewhere when they, when they, gave, when they had the, uh, media, their, their meetup this week, or last week, sorry, that they were meeting somewhere near Pacoli Park. And that's near where we live. Yeah, and, and I didn't, I didn't see hear, anything. I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything. You'd expect to hear a lot of like bang, Boom. bang, bang, you know, because the it's rifles, they're guns, like they make noise, but no, but nothing. So I have, I really don't have any idea what's going on. Uh, so this week I emailed our buddy Jack over at Athletics to try to talk, uh, try to bring in someone from uh, Rifle to, to to come and talk with us. Uh, Mitchell Van Patten, he's. Uh, the team leader, he's uh, has the highest score in all the events. Aggregate score is incredible, something in the 1100s. I don't, I don't know what aggregate. I don't, I don't, I don't what know. is that group? It sounds like a score. lot. I mean, 1100 anything sounds like a lot. I mean, that sounds good. It sounds really good. But uh, and he's leading the team, and he's in their winning uh, matches. So they're two and or meets or whatever you call them. I don't, I don't even know what they call their. I don't know their man. events. You know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm the, I'm in the same boat as you. I have no idea. So. Anyway, I, I emailed Mitchell. If you're listening to the show, contact us. We 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 want to know what what we're doing wrong. Yes, I'm serious. Like if anyone, if any of our fans or anyone that listens to this show know Mitchell Van Patten or know anything about rifle, please drop us a line on our Twitter, Facebook, anything. We'd love to talk to you a little bit, have you on the show. Uh, I'm really interested in this topic, uh, especially because they just defeated number five in the nation, Ohio State. So we must be doing something right, but. I, I keep losing my train of thought here, Garrett. So what I was saying is I talked to Jack this week, and I emailed him. And I'm like, I would love to have Mitchell Van Patten on uh, to talk on the show with us. I think that it's a great addition to it. I'd really want to learn more about the sport and all this stuff. And the coach said no. So we don't have Mitchell on the show this week. But I don't know if we're going to get him on the show ever. I would love to have at least someone from our, I'd love to have the coach on from Rifle. Someone just explain to me what this sport's all about, why we're doing so well. Because I want to tell you guys, and I think this is something that's really cool. And it's one of those like underground sports that we don't ever talk about. But I don't have a lot to talk about because I, I don't know anything about it. All I can tell you is, is that they face off against number 20 in the nation, UTEP, at UTEP on the 14th and the 15th of this month. We might not know a lot of sport. We might not know a lot about this sport, but we wish them the best of luck. Yeah, exactly. I, I hope that they that they uh, destroy all the competition. I think they'll do really well against UTEP. You know, they're they're going up in the ranking. We already beat UTEP. Exactly. We already beat UTEP once, so we can beat them again. Mm-hmm. Shoot your shot, 2017. Shoot, shoot your shot, 2017. Rifle, 2017, 2018. You got this. I want to move on to soccer now. Soccer. Oh boy. Oh boy, I mean we ha we had uh, Laura Horst Daniel on last week. It was a it fun interview. It was a great interview. I I really enjoyed meeting her and talking with her. But they did have a rough week, you know. Mm. Just rough like, is an understatement. Rough week, just like they've had a rough season. So 
They lost two games this week, uh, weekend. They lost four to two against Wyoming, and they lost one and zero at against Colorado State, which now puts their record to one and thirteen, and they're on a twelve game losing streak. Yeah, so it's been really hard. They haven't won a game since their first game of the season. You know, one thing I guess we can look at the bright side for for soccer is that they were able to outshoot Colorado State ten to nine. Not a lot, but they were they were doing better at the half. Carlos State scored a goal within the first couple of minutes, and then they shut the door down. Nevada was not able to get any type of offense. But it was good to see in the Wyoming game, Nevada score a couple goals because that's something they've been struggling in all season. Yeah, I think the Wyoming game was good. I think the only thing that uh, that brought them down is their defense. You know, we weren't able to um, to protect the goal very well. Giving up four goals is quite a lot in a soccer game, as we mm-hmm. talked with uh, – with John about, you know, we were talking about the Reno FC is that they score about three goals a game, three goals a game. And that's quite a bit. So four goals a game is on definitely on the high end, a four to two loss. You know, at least at least they're both getting up on the board. That's something that Nevada has really struggled with is scoring. And there was a time where they hadn't made a single score in a couple of games. They have been struggling on offense. Their defense has been doing all right. Uh, Lauren Horace Daniel at goalie. She obviously didn't have the greatest game against Wyoming. Struggled a lot. Um, but, you know, they're still chugging along. I still want them to to just take this year as building and learning exp- and taking experience. You know, they have a lot of young players in right now because they have a lot of injuries on the team. So just anything positive I want to I want to bring to light for them because I know it's going to it's challenging all around. Their next game, they got two uh, away games coming up. Uh, they face off against number one in the Mountain West, San Jose State, on Friday, October 13th. That's going to be rough. That's going to be rough. It is going to be rough. But, you know, as I said before, it's a building year, and I just wanted them to take away anything positive. They face against Fresno State on Sunday, October 15th. Can't really go unless you want to travel. You can't really go and watch them, but uh, I'm sure you can find it somewhere, and we'll be talking about it a little bit next week, uh, hopefully. Uh, let's move on to volleyball. They had a, a little bit more of an impressive week. They went one and one this weekend. They won uh, three to one against New Mexico and lost three and two against UNLV. Err, that was a close game though. Yeah, it was. That was really intense. That could have gone either way the whole time, but UNLV. That was the first game in the Governor Series, and it goes to UNLV, and that's okay. what, we'll make it up. We already got two. I already know two, we're gonna win. We're gonna win at least two games. Basketball. We're gonna sweep them. Yeah, hopefully we'll see. Which is so unusual because UNLV has always been known for this powerhouse basketball team, and now it's us. You know, we've always been known as the powerhouse football team, and now we're we're kind of even. Like they're they're winning a little bit more than us, but like their team isn't great. The cannon's blue, so I don't know what you're talking about. The cannon is currently blue, but usually our football team is really good compared to UNLV's. Yeah, yeah, and it's not this year, and so it could get turned red this year. Ho- it will not get turned red. It won't, but it, it, it could. It could. It could. It Don't will me. not. This puts the volleyball's record to five and thirteen on the season. They are three and three in the Mountain West. They have two games, home games this weekend, as they actually two away games. My bad, as they travel to Wyoming today, and they're at, and then on Saturday they travel to Fort Collins. Yeah. Same with football. I know. Yeah, football and volleyball. Volleyball are in the same. City. City at the same time, which I think is really cool. Um, I was talking to Nick Beaton at practice, at the football practice, and he said he was going to try and catch both games. He usually doesn't go to volleyball games. 
at least away volleyball games. So, this but it'll be but it'll be there for football. Exactly, this is a special treat for him, so he gets to go and check out both. Yeah, so best of luck to volleyball. I know it's been a, a struggle for all of Nevada sports, really. This Except season. rifle. Except for rifle, rifle, you're on fire. I mean, uh, keep it up. Van Patten, I will not be on the other end of, the, of a gun from you, man. I, <laughs> you'll hit me in like the nipple. <laughs> Bullseye. And I, I want to mention uh, a cool event starting this weekend as a homecoming does start next week. So we have Arch Madness starting this weekend. That's a really cool event. It started last year. Uh, I still didn't get to go. I didn't get to go last year. Garrett, did you go last year? I did not. So neither of us went to Arch Madness last year, but we heard a lot about it. And I heard that it was really cool. You know, it's, it's a big dunk contest by the. Uh, it's it's like the meet the team. It's like a meet the team and it's held downtown outside near the arch. And so it's like um, I meet the team. There's this year. There's gonna be a women's basketball clinic for kids and for kids. And then for the men's team, there will be a three point contest and a dunk contest. I expect our 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 good friend of the program, Jordan Caroline, to win that dunk contest. Yeah, I think Jordan Caroline will do really good for that too. Uh, that event starts at six forty five, and it goes all it goes to seven forty five. And that is outside. That is in the Artie Track Plaza, outside the Arch. It should be a it should be a great event, and we hope to see you guys all there. Jordan will will try to be there. I cannot make it. I will be at Greater Nevada Field. I was actually talking earlier in the show, Gary, that I'm trying to go out to Greater Nevada Field. Oh, so you are. If I'm not at the, if I'm not at the soccer game, I'll be at the Arch probably. Okay. Show up late to the soccer game and come to the Arch. I could do that. I could do that, but. I don't want to miss anything. I think that I, if I go to the soccer game, it's going to be really good, and I want to watch the whole thing. Uh, I'm just trying to convince myself to spend the money on a ticket. Ah, see, this is free. Yeah, you got a free ticket, so you, you're you lucky, but... No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the Arch Madness is free. Oh, the, the Arch Madness is free. So, yeah. So, if you want a, a free way to spend your Saturday uh, evening, you know, it's not even like your Saturday night, so you can still do your thing, college students, but... Uh, in the evening, if you want to do a nice downtown event, check out the uh, uh, Arch Madness. Are we still? Do they still do March from the Arch, or did they replace that with Arch Madness? I don't know. I think they still. I don't know. I th- I think Arch from the, March from the Arch will be the following weekend, but I'm not I'm not 100 sure. I remember the March from the Arch more than Arch Madness. See, Arch Madness just started, and I think Arch Madness is going to take over because it is electrifying, and I'd rather watch these basketball players fly through the air and then just see people march through the streets. I don't know. The the floats are always really cool though. Yeah. And then you go and you you walk down uh Virginia Street and you go all the way down to campus and you That's have all, true. all the uh the fair stuff going on and That's then the, true. the coaches come up on, on that building and they talk to everyone and they get everyone jazz for the game. But what's weird about this game about this football game in a couple weeks is that it's on a Friday. Yeah, it kind of the Air Force off. game is on a Friday. It's the twentieth, so it's weird. It is strange. I think they really kind of messed this one up. I don't. I don't really understand why they should have made. They should have made homecoming this past week. Oh, that would have been a great homecoming. It would have. Uh, we got our first home, our first win of the season on homecoming against Hawaii, and in such a great fashion. I think the Air Force game is going to be a little bit more up to debate about how mm-hmm. that one goes. You know, we were already thinking going into the Hawaii game that this one could go either way, and we failed to mention that earlier in the show that Garrett, you did win that prediction. I did. I uh, did. Hurrah! Hurrah! That was thank me, you, thank you. That was me being a little bit pessimistic about our team, but I think now that 
I've seen that they're going uh, in the right direction. Oh, they still lose. They still lose this week. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying that they're gonna, they're going to win against uh, Colorado State, but uh, the rest of the season could be a little bit more open to debate. I could. I'm going to have a little bit more um, like, pride like, in them. Like we like we've said for every other football game, prove us wrong. Yeah, please. Please Nevada, prove us wrong. Nevada football, if you're listening to this, Jane I'll Norvell, eat my words. Ty Ganji, Kelton Moore, listen to me. Prove me wrong. If, if Nevada goes better than 6-6, six and six, Jordan and I will print out the schedule, our tweet of the schedule predictions, and eat it. On camera. On camera, yeah. I hate you, Garrett. <laughs> if they do better and they – oh, man. Because you got to think about this. They got to go. They're already 1-4. Uh-huh. Are they one of? F- they're one in five. They're one in five. Yeah, they're one in five. So that so means they they got to. They can't. They can only lose one more game. No, they have to win. The, they have to win out. Because I said better than Ooh. six and six. Yeah, you guys got to win every single game go- from here on. And Jordan out. And I, Jordan and I will eat 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 our tweet. Hashtag eat the tweet. <laughs> oh man, please Nevada football lose this week. <laughs> <laughs> and just think, we got Boise coming up, San Diego State. Yeah, they got they got a tough rest of the roster going through. The rest prove of the schedule. us wrong, but prove us wrong. You know, I'm all game if you guys can can, beat, can beat Colorado State, can beat Boise. Uh, I have no problem eating a piece of paper covered in black ink. I'm I'm very upset about this, Garrett. Actually, yeah. <laughs> oh man, don't be. It's gonna be fun. And that's the end of our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning into Pack Center. Again, I'm your host, Jordan Burns, here with Garrett Hirschberg. Don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter at Pack Center NV and a like on Facebook for all your Nevada athletic news and updates. From the Reynolds School of Journalism, Wolfpack Radio, and KWNK 97.7. Go, Wolfpack! Oh, my God.